If you've been on a path of personal and spiritual development for a while, and maybe in your mind you've had a, a, a sense or an expectation or even a frustration that if more people did more of their spiritual work, then we wouldn't have as many problems in the world, then this clip is for you. Hey, Adele Wong here, and welcome to the podcast where we explore all things related to your purpose, your spiritual essence, your gifts, to maximize your time here on planet Earth in your relationships, your calling, your livelihood, your finances, your health. And this is something that I'm noticing is happening in some of the conversations I've been having amongst spiritual communities. Um, I host quite a few conversations online, in various forums, in Clubhouse, with my own clients, and group forums. And there seems to be an expectation by many spiritually inclined folks or people on a, a path or even seekers that if more people did their inner work in clearing their limiting beliefs, their fears, um, that a lot of the problems that are facing the world would go away. There seems to be the expectation that with more spiritual evolvement, there would be peace. And love would be the ultimate answer for everything. Um, so if this is you, I invite you into a deeper conversation around this expectation. And this is not going to be a clip that is quick on how to do something as much as an invitation to you exp to explore your expectations of what you think should happen as everyone becomes enlightened. Now, it's not that some of these ideas are wrong. In fact, I think there's a lot of valid and useful things, of course, about every person um, exploring their um, inner uh, limiting beliefs, their shadow work, absolutely. But in a lot of spiritual communities, there seems to be the idea that this is a, for lack of a better word, a linear upward process. You know, you go from first grade to second grade to third grade. And many times in the conversation in the room, there's a sense of, why can't more people be like us? We're in the 10th grade or we're at PhD level looking down at everybody else who's stumbling along. And if they could just sort of get with the program, they would find the happiness and the joy and the high vibe that we enjoy in this group. We are a high vibe group and the whole world needs to join us in high vibing and there's love and peace and happiness for all and all these problems that we're facing on planet earth would somehow uh, be resolved whether it's the battle for resources or crime or poverty, everything would be solved if people could be more enlightened and high-vibing. Does this sound familiar to you? I know for me, what I've noticed is a lot of these communities have a sense of we are the folks that are, we have the inside track. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I do feel that Part of the problem is, again, this sense that all roads lead to Rome and that we will all arrive at the same answer at the end of that road, meaning all paths to understanding ourselves, our inner thoughts, our inner beliefs, that once we work through them, we should all magically arrive at the same conclusion 
or at least be in the same ballpark in terms of how to solve problems. And so the more evolved you get, in a way, there's this idea that the more alike all evolved beings would be in terms of how uh, the conclusions would be drawn and how to solve issues. And I think that I've, I've come to feel that that may not necessarily be the case, that instead of a upward elevator model, I feel like it sometimes goes more like multiple different ideas springing forth that neither one is better than the other and they're all rich, but they're not necessarily going to arrive at the same conclusion. And I think this is hard for a lot of spiritual seekers to to sit with because everyone wants so much that there would be one answer. And we could fly at a 10,000 foot view to say that love is always the answer, which it is, but how it manifests on the ground can look very different. And so I invite you to hold multiple truths in your body at the same time that don't necessarily agree in terms of love being the answer. Love is, is the answer and it doesn't always look the same on the ground. So what I've been sharing with people is that we must look at how our spiritual flow is expressed. There's a, a feeling in a lot of spiritual communities that we need to honor and respect everyone's spiritual path. And by this, I would jump up and down and say, absolutely, that all paths uh, need respect, and that's fine in the abstract. And on the ground, spiritual flow is expressed through behavior and values. Typically, your values would inform your behavior, and your values are often informed by your spiritual flow. So by taking love as an abstract energy and flowing it down into values that then drive a behavior, you can arrive at very different results on the ground. And those of you who know me know that I am more interested in how things can move on the ground with these big spiritual um, ideas and principles. I find that a much more useful application than debating the spiritual, spiritual principles, which in the end, no matter what faith you are or no faith at all, I think most humans can agree that love, forgiveness, compassion, um, kindness, no one's going to argue against those things. So, so what do I mean by behavior being driven by values that come from spiritual flow and how these can arrive at very different places? Um, psycho psychologists have determined that there are a number of principles that are very important to humanoids across all faiths, all traditions, every part of the world. In fact, they've been studying, even in young children, very young, at a very young age, these things are already intrinsically true as part of being human. So one of these might be the energetic and the principle of fairness. As humans, it's been observed that even children at a very young age, pre-verbal, 
have a natural appreciation, an understanding, an expectation for fairness. So you'll see children very young already noticing when one child has more than another. Or there's a feeling that, you know, we need things to be fair. And when things are fair, people can relax a bit. And when things aren't fair, there's a certain uh, feeling of threat or um, uh, it just doesn't set right, even with very young children fighting over toys or something. So we know that humans have a need for life to have fairness as a quality. But what does that mean? Well, this is where it gets a little bit dicey because depending on where you are in your background, your expectations of life, you will arrive at very different conclusions. So for example, some people on one side of the political spectrum might say, absolutely, fairness is really important. And because we want to live our values and our spiritual essence, we believe that everyone in our society is important. The elderly, the disabled, the very young, um, the marginalized communities, that as a society, we take care of everyone. Everyone matters. Everyone's treated equally, which would be fair. And then you've got the other side of the continuum saying, yes, I absolutely believe in fairness. And that means the system needs to be fair to the people who contribute. Meaning, if I've contributed more, I should get more out of the system. And it's not fair to me for me to pay more in taxes or whatnot and have other people enjoy the results of those funds when they have not contributed as much. This is not fair. And it's not fair to reward people for doing less or reward people for not contributing. Therefore, I'm living my spiritual values and beliefs at the ballot box in action for pulling a lever this way versus that way. So now you can see how the principle of fairness was agreed upon by everyone. And you can have debates about it in the concept, but what does this mean on the ground? And if we don't understand how very loving, kind, intelligent people can vote very differently based on their spiritual their spiritual callings, their values, then it devolves into something like, wow, well, those people are selfish. They don't care about me. Or those people uh, are, are greedy. Or um, those people don't care. It, it becomes turned into uh, a rhetoric of hate or even intolerance when you, the person on both sides would say, that, no, that, that's not the case at all. It's just, I feel the world this way. This is how I, my spiritual essence is taking in my life. And I'm being informed in this way with my values to press a button here at the ballot boxes versus over there. Another similar taste bud or principle might be around issues of um, authority, there might be some people who, for cultural reasons or history or religion or whatnot, people have come from various backgrounds. Everyone across the spectrum might say, 
I, I have some respect for authority. But what does that mean? In some communities, there's gr- greater weight placed on a respect for the elders, a respect for tradition of how things have been done. And on, in other communities, that might not be as big a deal, right? So one group might see themselves as the innovators, progressive, moving forward, trying new things, while the other group might say, now, wait a minute, you know, that, that is not what I've grown to value. I, I, I can't move that fast. It doesn't mean I'm against progress, but I don't like it being imposed on me either. So you can even take things down to the point of things like you know, gay marriage, and you can see the differences with people being enlightened and spiritually evolved, yet not arriving at the same conclusion. This is not about love as much as, you know, it's not necessarily about I hate this person or I hate that person. And I feel like these conversations need to start happening in spiritual communities. Because if spiritual conversation is only high vibe and talking about love and enlightenment and compassion, it, it, without application to solving real-world problems, then it doesn't, it doesn't have any transformational value or it's limited. And what tends to happen is, I've seen in many spiritual communities, the minute things get hard, that a, a challenging topic comes up in the room, people either want to run because, oh my gosh, that's negative. I only want high vibe. Or they feel threatened or this is negative. I, I don't want to talk about it. They shut down. And what we need at this point is people who can stay in a certain um, stamina of being fully present in their spiritual essence and being with other people to solve problems in such a way that it doesn't blow up, doesn't turn into shouting matches or people siloing off into echo chambers and each group thinks that they are the good guys. I've never met anyone on a spiritual path who didn't feel like they were one of the good guys. And yet when you look at behavior out in the world, people arrive at very drastically different conclusions, whether it's about gun control, the virus, the economy, immigration. We have kind, loving people everywhere who simply cannot agree. And Understanding that humans are driven by these basic core principles, but they are weighted differently amongst people, might add an extra layer of your understanding the next time you're with someone who feels drastically different from you on an issue, whether it be abortion or or some of these hot-button issues. And there's a threat that that relationship will sever, that hearts will close, and that Yes, we agree to disagree. And can we do that without disappearing? And for things to, to go a step further, what can be done to, to dance with each other? What is possible in solving these big problems? Instead of the typical model where people nod and they tolerate and they just stop talking. Because silence is not the same as peace. All it takes 
when people are tolerating and being quiet because they don't want to offend. All it takes is someone to light a match with a controversial topic or something happens that was unexpected or shook the system and poof, everything blows up. Everything that was already always unresolved, that we don't need um, more tolerance as much as we need even a deeper level of understanding. And to do that, that is not always the way of peace. It's one of engagement, thoughtful conversation, and that takes a lot of stamina. Right now, in many spiritual communities, there's this idea that if once things get tough, people stop talking. If you don't have something to say, nice to say, don't say it at all. And there's some truth to that. But the limitation is that nothing deepens in understanding each other, not necessarily agreeing, but without an energetic of someone truly holding where you are instead of waiting for the other person to stop talking so I can educate them on why my point of view really is the more spiritual one or the more evolved one or these spiritual communities that might have a feeling of we're in the PhD club and they're in the fifth grade. You know, I'm inviting everyone into a deeper conversation. So no cosmic quick answers for you today. Just sharing with you some thoughts that have been weighing on me on why this world needs more people like you, more people willing to sit and listen and and marinate in the complexity of things. And yes, if you need to high vibe and be in a positive environment, absolutely. And can some of that great energy uh, walk in you as you sit with other people who are also on the path that may not agree with you on things? And that is okay, And can you stay curious instead of shutting down? Can you stay open to even learning why someone feels that way before casting judgment or hoping that the other person understands you? So, hope this is useful. As usual, if you've enjoyed this, share this with a friend. If you'd like to talk about it or if you've got something sitting on your mind that is related to these questions that we are exploring on this podcast, send me a note. I, I have a few slots that I have discovery conversations coming up. would love to hear what's going on with you. If there's something that I can help you with, we can have a conversation. Till next time, rock on.